the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle Attorneys at Law. Visit their new location at 224 West King Street, Martinsburg, and online at suttonandjanelle.com. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kabalik. It is Thursday the 13th, and you're tuned in to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton & Janelle, full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland, having individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs, family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit their new historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Icewarner. Alongside me is Marsha is Kavalik. Marsha, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I am all right. Just wanted to... Um to express from Panhandle Live, our our prayers are with the governor. Governor Justice, of course, it was announced yesterday. He has uh, come down with COVID-19. He's mm-hmm. being treated at home, as far as we know. I'm sure there will be updates if that changes. Um, he has been vaccinated, fully boosted, uh, but uh, he uh, is 70. Uh, mm-hmm. He's received monoclonal antibody treatment. Um, he was saying he felt extremely unwell and, you know, at his age, I'm sure everyone around him is taking this very seriously. Oh, absolutely. Say, uh, I've heard that it's uh, high blood pressure and congestion, which is really uh, what's, you know, getting him down right now. But absolutely. Our thoughts are definitely with uh, the governor. Scary stuff, scary stuff and scary times, especially uh, with all the people he's around and sees all the time. I mean, goodness. But one of the updates I saw this morning um, said, you know, his wife had tested negative and that baby dog was doing fine. So, Goodness. you know, well, big I'm relief definitely, yes, for that. Them. <laughs> oh, I'm definitely glad to hear baby dog is okay. And uh, I love that uh, there's a bipartisan effort that lots of lots of folks from across the political spectrum are are giving their well wishes to to Governor Justice. Speaking of bipartisan, our first guest is Greg Fields, acting director of the Bonnie and Bill Stubblefield Institute for Civil Political Communications on the beautiful campus of Shepherd University. Welcome in. Good morning. And it's good to be with you. Good to have you on again. Um, so, yeah, out of the gate, what are your what are your thoughts today um, regarding this uh, turn of events with the governor? Well, I, to, to be perfectly honest, when when something like this happens, it does underscore, I think, the fact that we're we're all in this together, and there's a there's a collectivity, um, a commonality in the things we're after. I mean, we're all chasing the same things. We're all chasing health and, and, and a sense of purpose and a sense of belonging. And when we see that jeopardized, even uh, with someone we don't know or know remotely, I think it does call to mind our best instincts. And so, you know, it's encouraging to see the outpouring of, of support and sympathy for Governor Justice. Um, and I, I think there's a lesson in that. No, I agree, because I feel like anymore when it comes to politics, doesn't matter what it is, it's either I don't like you because of that or you don't like me because of that. But I agree with you with something when something like this happens, it is nice to see everybody, you know, kind of put their differences aside and come together just for a person and not, you know, a political figure. Yeah, I mean, in, in the end, we're all we're all part of the same human family and, you know, political or social or cultural differences are actually are, are not as important as as that basic commonality that commonality of pursuit and aspiration 
and integrity. So as we uh, head into the, the midterm season, uh, it, we anticipate it'll probably get ugly out there. It'll probably get out uh, ugly out there on everyone's cell phones when they're arguing with their neighbors over social media. <laughs> so what is the Institute doing uh, in an effort to help us uh, move toward more civil discourse? The Institute is, is actually, we work along uh, two avenues. One is our academic avenue. Um, we've done some cutting-edge research uh, into the relation between uh, incivility in the public arena and civic participation. We're going to continue that. We're doing academic programs. We're engaging our students uh, so that we can educate the next generation uh, of leaders uh, in uh uh, engagement in civic engagement that is civil and based in respect. But we're also uh, offering a series of public programs, uh, the next of which is our American Conversation Series event on January 31st, uh, revolving around teaching American history. And we are bringing together a panel, uh, a diverse panel of educators and educational experts, including high school teachers and uh, the educational fellow at the Heritage Institute, uh, to talk about the, the, the controversies uh, in the presentation of American history, the interpretations of American history that are being laid at the feet of our young people. And that's become a politicized process. So, you know, I think the goal of this is to, to understand that, you know, there, there is some common ground, there needs to be common ground, um, that each side has a point, and uh, those points can be amalgamated if we take the time to listen and to respect what the other side is saying. That's the thrust of, of really all of our events. In this particular event, uh, we'll be focusing on, on uh, the history controversies. So what we're you know faced with whenever we're reading these posts that our neighbors share, for mm -hmm. example, about critical race theory or school boards erupting into controversy, usually falls on one side or the other. But uh, what you're saying is you're presenting an evening where it's not a foregone conclusion on one side or the other. It is a discussion. It is a discussion. And I think with most critical issues in the public forum now, there has to be a discussion. There has to be a movement away from demonization and villainizing the messenger and, and name-calling and rhetoric and soundbites. And, and the first step in that whole process is to listen. The other side, uh, as, as we, we characterize the other side, they are always going to have a point. They're, they're not coming to a discussion from the basis of, of fantasy, um, usually, or, or just amalgamation of, of, of impulse. They're coming, ideally, from a point that should be listened to and opposed logically and accepted on the basis of what is acceptable and where there is common ground. So to me, the first step in any of these uh, you know, vitriolic exchanges is just to listen. Um, once you listen, you know, the, the ancient Greeks had a formula um, that, that was the basis of democracy, and they believed that thesis opposed by antithesis led to synthesis. And I think that formula still applies, and we need to synthesize our thoughts. We need to come together in, in common places. Um, and then once we find the majority of, of our activities that, that exist in this commonality, then we can, we can whittle away at the edges and try to, to 
bring the rest of it into into focus. We're speaking with Greg Fields, acting director for the bill, uh, and Bonnie Stubblefield Institute for Civil Political Communications. Now, unfortunately, we have to get to our first break here in just a few minutes, but uh, you've kind of touched on it here a little bit as we've been speaking with you today. But can you kind of, for somebody that's maybe hearing about this for the first time and maybe thinking civil discourse, what is that? I've never heard of that before. Can you kind of give a you know the umbrella pitch on kind of what it is and how and why it helps you know things get accomplished? At the heart of it, I think civil discourse is based in the notion that those people with whom we disagree are not our adversaries, but our fellow citizens. And given that that basic fact, then we're in a position to engage them as citizens, as colleagues, as peers. From there, you can listen, you can understand, you can disagree. Civil discourse doesn't mean the absence of disagreement. Um, you can have some, some really passionate arguments and disagreements, mm-hmm. but as long as it's done in the, in the context of mutual respect and logic and reason, then that passion is well-directed and can invariably lead to some common solution. So, Greg, they, the American Conversation Series, the next event is January 31st, 7 p.m. Yeah. How can folks avail themselves of that? Is that going to be live-streamed, or is it a, an in-person event? It's going to be a hybrid. It's going to be in person at um, the store ballroom on the Shepherd campus at seven o'clock on the thirty-first. Uh, at this point, there and we're always mindful of of uh, the pandemic and any type of prescriptions that 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 may uh, entail. But it's also going to be streamed live uh, on uh, on Facebook. And we're also hoping for C-SPAN to cover the event as well. Oh, that'd be pretty cool. Well, we had it first. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Greg Fields, acting director for the Bonnie and Bill Stubblefield Institute for Civil Political Communications. Uh, Real quick before we let you go, can can you let people uh, know how to get in touch with you if they have more questions or maybe want to get involved? Um, Certainly. I am available uh, at gfields at shepherd.edu. And uh, you can also submit uh, contact questions or information through the StubblefieldInstitute.org website. And Greg Fields, Acting Director for the Bonnie and Bill Stubblefield Institute for Civil Political Communication. Thanks for taking a little time to chat with us on Panhandle Live this morning. My pleasure. You all stay well. Absolutely. You too. And stick around for more here on Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Taking local stories and sharing them with the four state. This is Panhandle Live. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, attorneys at law. Welcome back to Panhandle Live. Of course, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full service law firm, serving West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit their new historic location at downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Icewinner. Alongside me is Marsh Kavalik. If you missed it before the break, we had Greg Fields, acting director from the Bonnie and Bill Stubblefield Institute for Civil Political Communications, talking about, well, civil discourse and how we should and need to be getting back uh, to being a little bit more civil when we're talking about really uh, anything. So that's a great conversation to have. It's like Shepherd University Day. And, and of course, we will talk about uh, the game as well that you covered. That's right. But uh, we want to bring our next set of guests in. So happy that they could join us. Shepherd University's Dr. Shaquita Howard Bostic and N- is it Naya? Nia Tillett. Sorry. Uh, to talk about events leading up to Martin Luther King Jr. Day at the university, including Service Project and a really amazing 
exhibition. So welcome in, ladies. Thank you for oh, having oh. us. So uh, I don't know who wants to, to start off, uh, but uh, talk about this upcoming holiday and how Shepherd University is allowing its students to commemorate. So I will tell you that due to both COVID and the weather, that there have been some slight and postponements and um, and some of the details for the event. Um, we we will do the um, th- we will have an exhibit, but it'll have to be on Tuesday because we're getting a big snowstorm in. Mm. And I don't, don't remind have to me. I've in a snowstorm to Shepherd University on Sunday and then come on a Monday, and then we're dealing with weather delays and things like that. So I think the safest thing to do is to have the display on a Tuesday and then to have it come back, perhaps to Black History Month, where we can do a service project um, with those same groups. So on Tuesday, January 18th, will the times be the same from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m.? I think we should extend it to, to 6 p.m. Okay, to 6 so p.m.? In the community sp- will have an opportunity to um, to come to see for a little while, yeah. And uh, will will it be in the Irma or Bird Hall or in the store ballroom? Irma or Bird. Okay. All right. So we're getting we're getting all our facts. We're Absolutely. writing the story, rewriting it as we go. Um, you know, the weather makes us rewrite the story all the time. Oh. <laughs> That's written in 2020 and 2021, 2020. Mm-hmm. It's like a world of rewriting, but. You know, the thing is, what isn't being rewritten is the passion and um, and the spirit for celebrating history and for working collaboratively as a team and providing an opportunity for our community to experience history in a way that they have not before. Now, talk about the exhibit a bit, because uh, me and Marsha were uh, kind of previewing it and talking about it yesterday, and it sounds like it's honestly going to be one of the more powerful exhibits you could, you know, walk right. through and, ex- and witness and experience. So can you kind of let people know what they will be seeing and experiencing when they uh, go check this out? Definitely. So the exhibit is a private collection owned by my husband and myself. And over the years, we've compiled over 500 original artifacts and documents. So we're looking at um, the era of slavery to current day. And so we allow people to come through the exhibit, ask the questions on items that pique their interest, or maybe it's a theme or a person that they're not familiar with. Um, But everyone definitely would come through learning information. It's an engaging exhibit. Um, it's compelling. Uh, we always find people are learning about new things as it relates to uh, black history and, more importantly, American history. So. Well, because it's one thing to, you know, see some of these artifacts in a, you know, a book or, you know, in a documentary or talking to someone about it. But to see it with your you know, own two, not, two eyes and to be, you know, right in front of it, it would definitely be a perspective changing experience. Yeah, I mean, to be able to look at an original letter signed by Booker T. Washington or a property deed signed by Frederick Douglass, up close and personal, you're right, it's different than seeing it in a history book or even seeing it in a formal museum. Mm -hmm. Um, The beauty of a traveling exhibit is that it allows us to bring history to you um, and meet you where you are. And so we love partnering with colleges and universities, and I'm excited that this is open to the public. 
Um, and this will actually be our first time in West Virginia, so we're very excited. We're happy to have you. Thank I you. Also- Tell everybody about the workshop that will happen on Tuesday, which is a workshop with Shepherd's basketball team, football team, and women's volleyball team. And what we're going to do is we're going to have students participate in a workshop that takes the collection and their perspectives of items in the collection to another level by having them collaboratively ask answer questions like, why do you think you're attending this workshop? How do the artifacts connect with things that you already know or something you believe you had an understanding of? And then we'll have them uh, look at some of the artifacts and ask, how do they make you feel? And then last but not least, we will have an image of uh, mass shootings, Black Lives Matters, um, gun control, um, one large picture, and we will ask the students, after you experience this exhibit, how do you feel about this picture? What do you see in this picture? Hmm. Because we want to know if understanding history, if it impacts how people see and understand what they're going through right now. And is that open to all Shepherd University students, or are there classes that are attending that in particular? This was something specific for PSAC. So our conference, our football conference, has an initiative to engage their players in Black history and to celebrate Martin Luther King Day. So this workshop was put together for this based upon the strategic plan of this organization. And I am happy and willing to open up or do a conversation or discussion again when we have the um, when we have the exhibit back again with all Shepherd students or as many Shepherd students who would be interested. But this particular initiative is based upon our strategic plan partnership with PSAC. We'd love to have you back on to talk about it more too, but I wanted to bring Naya back into the conversation. As someone who has... Uh, you know, collected these items through the years. And, you know, I was just a person looking on the internet at some of these images. One of the most chilling pieces that I saw was the slave transport collar. And the description says made of metal with three bells, which make a noise when moved, worn by slaves during transport and by those with a history of escaping. This artifact opens from the neck and can be secured with a lock. Talk to me about the process of securing that and what it meant whenever you held that in your hands? So the slave collar, the slave transport collar, is actually what we open the exhibit with. It's the first thing you see when you come in. Um, And it really sets the tone for the exhibit. You know, we talk about highs and lows and everything in between as it relates to history, but that slave collar really lets people know, you know, this is a serious exhibit and it needs to be respected. Um, we secured that piece at a private auction. It was a Confederate history auction. Mm. Um, and so sometimes we, it's very interesting to be African-American collectors in spaces that, um, aren't necessarily welcoming to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were able to secure that piece and you're right. It was an item that would be placed around the neck of a slave who, had either run away in the past or who they thought would run away. So you're talking about someone whose family had just been sold, right? Hmm. Someone who they see as a threat. Um, and it is heavy. It's, you know, it, it has considerable weight. And when it's around a person's neck, they can't run. Um, they can't lay down. 
Um, and every time they move, it makes noise. So slave catchers, uh, dogs can hear it. And I apologize. And so, um, you know, it's a very moving piece. We always get a lot of questions and uh, a lot of interaction around that item. Yeah, we're speaking with Shepherd University's Dr. Shaquita Howard-Bostick and Naya Tillett uh, talking about the Martin Luther King Day uh, exhibit that's going to be at Shepherd University. Now, unfortunately, we have to get to our next break here this morning, but can you let everybody know, uh, again, how to learn more about this exhibit and how to get involved and uh, come out and see it? Uh, yes. yes. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Shepherd University on, um, on, on Tuesday coming up from 10 o'clock to 6 p.m. at Irma Aura Bird. Uh, building on Shepherd's campus, and Nia tell, will tell you about the exhibit. You can learn about the exhibit at homageexhibit.com, and that's H-O-M-A-G-E. Well, thank you all so much for joining us here on Panhandle Live this morning. Uh, this sounds like an unbelievable exhibit and definitely an eye-opening and moving one. So uh, thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Thank you. Take care, ladies. Absolutely. And stick around for more here on Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, part of the Panhandle story for 75 years. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs, family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit their new historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. And joining us in studio, Main Street Martinsburg's Robbie Blair. How are you doing this morning, man? I'm great. Happy to be here. Absolutely. Happy to have you. And uh, welcome to the new year. Oh, oh yeah. yeah! Happy New Year! You know, what? I, I want to like race ahead though. St. Patrick's Day. St. <laughs> Patrick's Day. Come on! I know you got stuff to tell us. Yeah. Well, well, we are. Uh, we're still, I think, hopefully hours away from confirming the date. Uh, the date that we have floating is March nineteenth, mm-hmm. so it'll be the Saturday following because the week before is the four state, uh, the Quad State Beer Fest yeah. over in Boonesboro and Shamrock Fest in D.C. Um, so we're not going to try to compete. You know, compete with that. It's always weird. Like what weekend you do, like you celebrate the holiday, right. if it lands on a weird day. Do you do it the weekend before? Do you do it the weekend after? Yeah. You do it both weekends. Well, apparently. man, I can't do that. I'm too old to do that nowadays. I, you know <laughs> maybe, what? maybe a couple years ago I could do that. Hold, hold your shamrock beer. <laughs> now, are you, uh, are you all, are you going to have a Guinness? Are you a green beer person? Guinness. I could have a I could have a Guinness any second of any day. So I'm not a beer girl, but I'll I'll eat all the corned beef you put in front of me. <laughs> oh, perfect. That's part of well, it. Yeah, that's one of the cool things. Um, obviously, when we did the food truck festival, everybody was shouting from the rooftops. We need to do this quarterly. We mm-hmm. need to do this. You know, whatever. So uh, my thought is, let's do a spin on it, and we're going to have all the food trucks come back, but they have to have some kind of Irish inspired. Or, you know, leaning dish. You know. right. Soda bread. Yeah. No. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they get creative with, with some of that stuff. Like some of the, the uh, barbecue trucks. Like, what what are you going to do? Are you going to do pastrami? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I don't know. I, I take a shortcut and just everything green buns. 
you know, like <laughs> you dye go. everything green. But right. it does have to be kind of tough from a you know planning perspective, especially when you have you know the food truck event and all the, and the Christmas downtown uh, Main Street Christmas thing. With the success of those, and of course people like you said, then they want you know events every weekend. Yeah. And for as much as you'd like to do that, it can get kind of you know exhausting. Yeah, and repetitive. You know, as cool <laughs> as something can be, if you have it every weekend, you know some people are gonna get tired of it. So from a planning perspective, it's got to be kind of tough to kind of do those things that people want to you know see, but also keep them fresh so yeah. people you know want to keep coming out. Well, everything has to have its own feel. Yeah. Everything has to feel isolated in its own way. So that's why I think it'll be fun. Everybody wants to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. So why not do it here? Absolutely. Like, uh, definitely cut down on some driving that weekend. Uh, <laughs> that's a and, safe bet. Yes. Yeah. And, and uh, Martinsburg Police Department, Lieutenant Darby, they've been awesome with helping with some of the logistics of making sure that it is a controlled event and that, uh, you know, we're responsible and um, you know, we always appreciate how much they support what we're doing. Um, but yeah, it is, it is an interesting task. And then following that up, April 2nd, the first week of April, weekend of April, we have our chocolate fest is returning. Mm. Yay. And then after that, we have wine fest in May mm. and, you know, you keep going down these things. Exactly. June, we have a new event that we're doing on Martin street, uh, for West Virginia day, Juneteenth and father's day weekend. Nice. Um, Very nice. Yeah, man, you're busy too much. And of course, the Berkeley, the Berkeley County 250th is this year. Well, and this event is in conjunction with uh, the 250th uh, crew. Um, Yeah, we're we're really gonna we're really gonna do it big this year for for 2022. Now, have you been able to go over to the library and check out the 250 exhibit yet? Yes, uh, I went over there um, at the Apple Drop mm-hmm. when it unveiled and everything. And oh, by the way, that Apple Drop was amazing. That was pretty cool. It was huh? so much fun. There were so many people down there. Well, and the thing that I keep telling everybody is, you know, as this is my first time doing anything, yeah. and we took a few years off from everything, you know, right. so everybody's a little rusty. Yeah. Um, and didn't expect that many people to be there so we only had f- two food trucks and oars came out with their antique food truck and had their mm-hmm. uh their apple cider and their so donuts good. and apples um but it it's all good because you know we just have something to plan logistically next mm-hmm. year and i think it was cool to see um you know jim klein did such a good job at shepherd uh university of martinsburg with helping plan that event and i just think it was so cool to see kind of the momentum the wave keep going from those last two really big events um, it just felt like there were more people expecting a cool thing downtown right. um, because they had had a couple of really cool things in a row. And uh, it definitely wasn't to the scale of those other ones. But, you know, it's just cool to see the community come out and Absolutely. embrace these things. Yeah, I walked down to it. And as I came out of my building, I mean, it was a stream of people walking down King yeah. Street, you know, going down. And then, of course, once you got to square, it was packed up. So that was a really cool, really cool way to ring in the new year. Yeah. So uh, one of the things that people will probably have in listening to you are great ideas about things to do (laughs) moving forward. And they can be part of that planning process because you guys are actively recruiting members uh, January 26th at Aspen Hall. That's correct. Um, The 26th at 6 p.m. And this is really cool, too. So the new owners of Aspen Hall, um, Curtis and Fernando, they are miraculously bringing it back to its original, you know, Hmm. prestige. Mm -hmm. And um, they are doing a really good job. And, you know, I even had people on my board when I said, we're going to do it there. Uh, Where's Aspen Hall? (laughs) You know, people don't know where Aspen Hall is. Where's Aspen Hall? Well, if you go off of Race Street downtown, turn on Boyd Avenue, it's all the way at the end of the only boulevard in Martinsburg. Really? It is. Hmm. Uh, A boulevard is a street that has, you know, 
a strip of trees or yep. something in the middle. So it's the only one in the city. How interesting. And wow. is, well, there, there's your fun fact of the day, your and Martinsburg fun fact. It is the oldest home in Martinsburg. Man. Uh, the oldest home. George Washington has been there for weddings. Uh, I got to go with you Man, to trivia. Man, he's just everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, George? Yeah. Yeah, George yeah, was everywhere. Well, buddy George, yeah. Yeah, well, in, in Aspen Hall, really, uh, for all of Martinsburg and a lot of Berkeley County, you know, we talk about Adam Stephen, we talk about Morgan Morgan, um, but Aspen Hall, the property that they had stretched all the way to the interstate, like oh, their goodness. original land. So Old Courthouse Square, mm-hmm. there's a big rock right up at the top there uh, where I, I can't remember what some of those uh, businesses that have been in and out of that building on the top of. I guess that's where Edwin Miller and Queen mm-hmm. kind of meet. Oh, yes. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, a yeah. big monument there. And I just learned this through the 250th people. But that was, it's called Old Courthouse Square because that was the first court case. They they had a building there and it was held there. And wow. that was a part of Aspen Hall's property. Oh, and, goodness. You know. I, that would be a cool. long walk, even with the extension. <laughs> I'm just trying it's to long think drive. going what from point A to walk. point B. Yeah. So folks can go to this historic home. Yes. And uh, take part in uh, like light or doors, I guess, yes. and and learn about being part of Main Street Martinsburg moving forward. Right, and we have uh, we have a really like you're saying we have a lot of new things that we're doing, and uh, we're excited to talk about the highlights of 2021, um, but really push the vision for where this is going. Um, we plan to hire another person this year uh, on staff because right now it's just me. Um, you Which, could be the boss then. The, uh, boss. the board. Well, I'm is, sure it's getting the board is my you. boss. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is, and it's it's just really cool to see how things are growing naturally, um, and our capacity is growing, um, and yeah, you can come out and see how you can play a part in it. Um, we we have some really cool shifts in uh, how we do membership, how we. Um, define the the folks that help Main Street thrive. Um, and we're just really excited to, to talk about it and kind of share all that stuff. I don't want to give too much away, but uh, yeah, the, the local restaurants, um, we're going to have some hors d'oeuvres from them, um, some light drinks and, and live music. Uh, it'll be cool. Absolutely. Again, speaking with Main Street Martinsburg, Robbie Blair about all the amazing things and fun activities that you got planned uh, coming up here for Martinsburg and uh, specifically downtown and most, uh, I guess, specifically after that. Most importantly, uh, St. Patrick's thank Day. You. Yeah, thank you for saving <laughs> me there. St. Patrick's Day, which sounds like it's going to be a blast. Uh, you guys Irish at all? Got any Irish in yeah. you? Actually, yep. yes. Do you? Yeah. I think I do. My grandmother's maiden name is uh, Burke. Mm-hmm. Which I'm sure that's probably a security breach. You know what? I just said that, but when it's when it's St. Patrick's Day, Everybody's you can claim to be Irish. Irish. Right. As Doesn't long as matter. You got green no one's on, no right? one's checking your credentials. As long as you got green on, right? Yeah. Uh, but can you let everybody know uh, where they can get in touch, touch with you to find out all this stuff? Yep. Uh, follow us on Facebook, on Instagram. Um, we're, we're always putting out there a few links so you can sign up for our mailing list. Uh, we we update that all the time, and yeah, we're really excited for for what we got going on and um, all that's in store. Absolutely, and we're excited about it too. And uh, you're doing a great job with Main Street Bartsburg. Now that you're really starting to get into the full swing of things, and <laughs> you, you know, anytime I talk to somebody, I was like, "Yeah, I was talking to Robbie the other day," and they go, "Oh my goodness, he's doing such a great job." Oh, and then we talk about all the cool events and things that you've been doing. So keep up the good work, and we'll definitely talk to you before uh, the St. Patrick's Day event. But again, I've been speaking with Main Street Martinsburg's Robbie Blair, and thanks for stopping in this morning. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're a uh, business out there that wants to put your name on this 
first ever event uh, that we're doing. We're we're expecting between five and eight thousand people downtown. Um, our focus has been to bring people from the county, not just city people, mm-hmm. city limits, uh, people in the county, the tri- the quad state area, the whole eastern panhandle. So it's a great opportunity to be on a signature event that really kicks off the year for our events. Uh, so you can email me director at MainStreetMartinsburg.com if you're interested in being the presenting sponsor. Absolutely. Again, thanks, Robbie, for stopping in here on Panhandle Live this morning. And stick around. We're talking Shepherd women's basketball here after the break on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Live, the voice of the Panhandle. Here are your hosts, Jordan Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton & Janelle, full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs, family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit a new historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at SuttonAndJanelle.com. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsh Kavalik. If you missed it, for the break, we had Main Street Martinsburg Director Robbie Blair in to talk about all the amazing events he has uh, coming down the pike for us here in Martinsburg, and of course, the uh, St. Patrick's Day event that's going to be happening on St. Patrick's Day. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be a blast, so I'm looking forward to that. If you missed Absolutely. any of that conversation, you can listen back to it a little bit later on today. But uh, joining us on the line now, at least I hope it is, it's uh, the <laughs> fellows from Johnson & Johnson Heating and Air. What's going on, y'all? We're doing good. How are you? All right, so who's on with us right now? Dale and Jason. Oh, oh, the original. The, the originals, that's yeah, it. What's the going dynamic on, duo. Fellas? Yeah. So I... I I have a question to ask you. Picture it. Uh, South Berkeley, January 2022, 3 in the morning. My my fans start screaming. And so my husband goes down with his little toolkit and, and eventually fixes it. But there was some kicking of the unit involved. Um, it was the coldest night of the year. How uncommon is what I experienced this month? <laughs> Well, everything is pushed to the limit. You're right. I don't know about the kicking part, though. <laughs> he said it helped. <laughs> I was going to say, is that uh, the recommended uh, you know, remedy to that? I think it made him feel better. <laughs> Look at it, kick it, and then just call off. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, that. I'm a little skeptical that it might not come back to haunt you again. So, yeah. <laughs> well, it screamed. It, he kicked it and stopped screaming. So. <laughs> but there were some tools involved too. But it was it, in his defense, that was the coldest night of the year. How many calls have you guys been getting in the middle of the night during this recent cold snap? Uh, so we yeah we run them as many as we possibly can. We've been pushing. I got to give a shout out to our tech. They're yeah. definitely getting pushed to the limit. Um, they're they're willing to run more and more. We've had techs run out to eight ten o'clock at night working, but then they got to be on call as well. So, you know, they get done, they go home, get something to eat, and then their on-call phone starts ringing. So it's tough this time of year. That's because those those units start screaming not at 8 in the evening, but at 3 in the morning. Right. That's exactly right, when they're really working hard. Right. But but we've been keeping up, doing, uh, you know, it's it's been working out. I just uh, still, when the weather breaks, let's uh, let's get some maintenance done, because a lot of the screaming issues – we've you know we're like well this could have been avoided mm-hmm. if you know we don't you know, try not 
tell the customer too much of that. We try to nicely educate them, you know, right. be smart or anything. But it's maintenance is a big, big deal. Now, I think I know one of the answers to the question I'm about to ask you, but with this uh, cold weather we've been having the last couple of weeks here, I mean, it is the dead of winter, so we should be having this kind of weather. Uh, and then when it does get a little warm on those weird days, what are some things that we should be doing? Of course, I think we should be checking our filters, right? But maybe just turning the you know unit off and opening a window, or maybe when it gets super cold, not necessarily you know blasting the heat. So, yeah, I mean, when these, these warmer days, uh, we definitely want to look over the system. And that's a great time to have us look over systems as well because if you call for maintenance and it's, when it's cold, cold, we're going to have to put you off because we're taking care of just emergency calls. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when it warms up, make sure all those the filters and everything are clean. Um, start it up, you know, make sure, especially if it's before the cold next cold snap hits, make sure everything's working all right. Right. Because um, typically you'll still notice, you know, some odd noises or anything. And another thing I really want to talk about is the snow coming up. So snow can wreak havoc on your outdoor units. Make sure that snow is cleared off if you have a heat pump outside. Um, You know, if you turn the system off and leave it off while it's snowing and then turn it back on, all that snow is on top of that unit. So you may need to go broom it off. Um, So it's... Yep, challenging times for a heat pump when it's really cold and snowing. And and, and off to clean. And those those uh, outdoor units, you shouldn't put a tarp or anything over them and like cover it tightly, right? No, you should not. If the heat pump and it runs in the winter, you shouldn't cover it at all. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, don't cover the unit. Don't leave it uncovered. Yeah. And just have it keep clean of ice and debris and snow. And, and you shovel your driveway. Go shovel your heat pump. That'll help you keep it keep it running and save you some money too. Because if that heat pump's out running and your electric heat's working inside, your electric bills are going up as well. So no, we don't want that. Get and that I, outdoor unit run as much as possible. I know one of the things you guys have done uh, is prepare to, to have a lot of supplies on hand. You've, you've built a warehouse. You've stocked that warehouse with things so that folks who call you who may not have bought their systems from you, who have parts that might be harder to get, you guys actually might be able to get those in a timely fashion for folks, right? We try our best. Our inventory, we do have some inventory of parts. Our biggest inventory is equipment because equipment's the hardest thing to get. So, but yes, we have inventory of parts and we deal with many, many suppliers and have them parts delivered to us every day. So definitely check with us if you're having trouble getting parts. Um, but we're not immune to it. You know, I'm not going to say that easy peasy getting parts, but we definitely uh, are on the ball with that. We have a great stock of equipment as well. So that's that's the biggest thing is that we've had some of the companies we hear that are six weeks to, uh, you know, six months out getting equipment and we, we have it in stock. We could get it done the next day for them. So, it, you know, it is an advantage to us to have a, a warehouse full of equipment and we do do that. So we're speaking um, with. We're speaking with Dale and Jason from Johnson & Johnson Heating and Air. Now, uh, sorry to interrupt you there, but I wanted to get to uh, a pretty big news, uh, I guess, spot here for you guys. Uh, you have a new show getting ready to start up, right? Ask the Expert. Ask the Expert. Ask the Expert. Thank you. <laughs> Don't ask me. Don't ask, because I can't even say the title. But <laughs> Yeah, so we're going to we'll, we'll have some even guest speakers in there and talking about things and issues. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun time. I think it starts February 3rd. Right. Um, yep. For us, so uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, yep, we're excited about it. We're excited, so we're, we're happy to you know be part of it, and we're looking forward to it. Now, can, can I ask that you guys have a? Can I ask that you have a uh, clean your filter segment? 
we can. It's gonna be out yeah, of the we'll gate, see. right? Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, they're they're trying to get it. They're muscling in on our broadcasting uh, cred right now. I know. Yeah. I know. Goodness. You guys are gonna have to come over and visit us once. Uh, there I you know. go. We might so have to do good. that again. Go so ahead. what what else is going on? Do you have any specials? I I know I've been hearing some commercials about you guys running something special here at the beginning of the year. Can you let our listeners know what you got? Um, you know, coupon wise, discount wise, refund wise, all that. Yep, we have a special for equipment right now, which is $1,000 off a new system, and that's through the end of January, so it's this month only. Um, it's either that or the, the 0% financing for 60 months, but it, it definitely is advantageous this time of year, um, especially if you need a system very quickly. We can, we can get it for you, but there's also a good discount on it as well. Um, we also have our service um, special as well, which is $69.99 off a system check. Um, and you can find all these on our website at jjcomforts.com. Again, Dale and Jason from Johnson & Johnson Heating and Air. Unfortunately, we got to let you guys go. But thanks for uh, taking a little time out of your busy day, especially this time of year, to chat with us a little bit this morning. All right. I just say check out our dog on uh, Facebook, Levi. Levi. Levi, that's a good dog name. That is a good dog name. Beagle. <laughs> He's a beagle. <laughs> well, perfect. Looks like a little beagle. Oh, well, perfect. Well, again, Dale and Jason from Johnson & Johnson Heating and Air. Thanks, y'all, for calling. All right. Talk, Talk to y'all soon. Take care. Absolutely, Levi. That is a good dog name. I was tr- I was trying to. Oh, you've got their page up. I was trying mm-hmm. to grab their page so I could see Levi before they before they uh, sign off. I'll have to look at that. So well, uh, you you had a little uh, excursion over to the butcher center last night. Yeah, I know. We only got a few minutes here, so I try to get this uh, big game for the women's team uh, kind of wrapped up into a little nice nice. You're pro. Here. You can do this. I know, but unfortunately, the uh, Shepherd women's Rams basketball team uh, fell to Bloomsburg last night, 71-60. to 60. Uh, The Rams, Lady Rams, came into the game ranked 24th in the nation, uh, which puts a pretty big target on their back. And unfortunately, uh, like I said, they lost to Bloomsburg at home. 71 to 60. But yeah, we had uh, all the action right here on WPM and WCST, myself and Parker Stone. And that team is so much fun to watch. So it was uh, mm-hmm. it was cool to be able to do that. There was a ton of people at the Butcher Center. That's the football awesome. team was there. Uh, the men's team was there. I think I saw the baseball team was there. Of course, all fans and things like that. They had a uh, thousand point uh, commemoration ceremony for Marley McLaughlin. Uh, before the game, so it was pretty cool. It was a fun time. Awesome. Yeah, but unfortunately they lost uh, 71-60. to 60. But they'll be back to get them this Saturday as they head on up to Lock Haven for a game. Unfortunately, we won't be at that one, but yeah, hopefully they can turn the tide a bit. Absolutely. Yeah, but I think that just about does it for us here on Panhandle Live this morning. Uh, for Marsh Kavalik, I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Again, this has been Panhandle Live. If you missed any of it, you can listen back to it on our Facebook and Spotify page, but have a good one. Stay warm. We'll talk to you tomorrow. WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here, too.